This episode is sponsored by Better Help. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But uh, the fact is a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing in order, you know, that that would make it better? Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 305, brought to you by the New York Comic Con. iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode number 305. I am Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And Ron Richards. Hello. iFanboy.com is our – hello, guys – is our website. And uh, We weren't saying hello to you, Josh. It was the I, people. I would prefer, you yeah, couldn't care less. Exactly. I'm looking oh. away. I'm looking in the other direction. This is like the, this is like the make Josh feel bad-a-thon. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I, I love you guys. Not you, not you two. Other people. Oh, not all people. of you. iFanboy.com is our website. It's about comics who love us back. Maybe they don't. Uh, we read comics every week. A lot of them come out on Wednesday. Some Wednesdays are slightly less than others, but are still more than you wanted them to be. And we pick the best comic that, that came out that week. One of us does and calls it the pick of the week. A review goes up on Wednesday night or sometimes afternoon, not this week. And we come and talk about it on the show here, along with other uh, comics from the week and, and some, some other stuff, some ephemera, some things. Before we get started, we're going to be talking about what happens in the books. So if you haven't read them, yada, 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 you are warned. At the end of the show, we're going to tell you a little bit about the New York Comic Con, which will be coming up right after you listen to the show, and, and quite frankly, sooner than I thought. Uh, but before that, really it's, it's, up snuck on, it snuck up on us this time, didn't it? Boy, didn't it? It's now? It's, it's now, now. Okay. Well, Connor, you've got the pick. I'm going to be packing. <laughs> I, I wrote my review that I had a long day Wednesday. Had a whole day planned where I was going to get my books in the middle of the day, have a nice leisurely read, write the pick of the week, and that just didn't happen. I ended up running all over town, spending a lot of money on car parts. 
and doing it all in the pouring rain. So that was fun. So when I got home from doing all that stuff, I just wanted to read my books and relax and have a fun time. And I, as I went through my stack of books, I just was so happy reading OMAC number two. And it's a real surprise. I'll be honest. No one was more surprised than me that this was the pick of the week. That I'm even reading this series because when, this, when that initial list of DC books came out, OMAC wasn't even on the radar. You know, this was a re- book co-written by Dan DiDio, for God's sakes. <laughs> and I, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed the first issue. And the more I thought about it and talked to people about it and, and read, read it again, the more I enjoyed the first issue. The second issue to me just, was just more f- super fun. And I think that's what I was looking for Wednesday was I just wanted to have a really good time. And OMAC is not just – I'm not just saying it was a fun time. I had, it, it actually does a lot of things really well in terms of comic book creation. It's – Coded by Danity and Keith Giffen. Keith Giffen draws it in the Kirby style. We're going to get to the art in a minute. But story-wise, yes, okay, yes, it's very much the Hulk. We'll just get that out of the way. It's, it's, at this point in time, Omak has turned – this guy turned into Omak. He's roaming the country and he doesn't want to be Omak, but he, he is. And he turns into Omak when there's danger and he fights. Yeah, it's very I, I much could, the Hulk. I, I could see that. It's the Hulk in that. But once he turns into Omak, it's, it's different enough where it's not the total carbon copy. Sure, no, no. But yeah. the, the, the sort of setup, at least of this issue, where he walks into the small town and there's trouble and he becomes, he becomes Omak to fight that trouble, is very much the Hulk. And that's fine. There's a lot of tropes that are used over and over Qu- again. Question. When you finish the issue, does it, it, should you play the piano music? I always do with every okay. issue. <laughs> Just making sure. Yeah. <laughs> Ron, you're always the guy who defends that it's not that thing. It would be like, well, you know, Nova's just Green Lantern. You're like, well, well, no, well, no, no, no. It's different. It's a little different. It's not. It never is. There's four stories, and we've told them. <laughs> the, 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 Ron, Ron read this with Josh. Did you read the OMEC? Did not. Oh. Okay. This and is you, right up your alley. This is, is so up your alley. Story-wise, Keith Giffen identity to you, and I don't know who to give more credit to, and I'm not going to give more credit well, to one. Actually, I, I, wanted, I wanted to make but... a note on that, actually, because I've, I've done some investigation, and from the people inside the D.C. that I've spoken to, they said, don't underestimate DiDio's contribution to this. A lot of people are saying that you know Giffen is carrying DiDio here, but apparently is doing a lot of the heavy lifting on the story and the writing side of things. So, well, then uh, I applaud him, because yeah. I've, I've read other comics by him before and have not liked them, but this, was, this is actually very, very good. Um, I've written the script. Why can't we... <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. That was, was, a, that was actually that was a mix of both. It was there, there's a, it's very old school. There's a lot of action going on. There's a lot of intrigue. You, you're dealing with Cadmus Labs, who created OMAC, who's secretly being run by Checkmate, is secretly being run by Maxwell Lord in a great final page reveal. And you've got a lot of information with with the OMAC itself talking, or the brother I talking to OMAC, who brother brother I runs the OMAC nanobytes or whatever that have created OMAC. And you've got, you've got a lot of intrigue in the background, sort of political, shadowy organizational intrigue juxtaposed with this one guy who's been turned into OMAC against his will and is wandering to a small town, stumbles across another Cadmus monster and fights it. And it's, it's a very elegantly put together and there's a lot of information and a lot of dialogue and, and you don't – this is one of those books where you definitely don't feel like you've been cheated out of your three, 299 because there's a lot going on here story-wise. And it's a lot of fun story stuff, and it's just a lot of. And the, the first issue was a most giant fight scene, and this issue you have more giant creatures fighting each other, which is appropriate for this book. Now, art wise, Keith Giffen is doing his best Kirby, and it's it's some of the best Kirby aping I've seen in a while. Um, better than Tom Cioli? Yeah, it's better than Tom Cioli. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's why we. This is up your alley. It's. It, it it captures that feeling of Kirby and the look of Kirby without it just being a complete carbon copy. I mean, there's a little bit of Keith Giffen in there. I mean, I, I the, the the layouts of the last one were very Keith Giffen. Yes, but this is it's not as dynamic because it's hard to be as dynamic as Jack Kirby. He is one of the best at dynamism. But in terms when he was of being dynamic, right? In terms of the look and the feel of 
the the way that the, the, that sort of heavy Kirby shading, which it doesn't get talked about a lot in in when people you know homage Kirby or the way he draws the people, the hands, and the there's Kirby dots in here. I mean, this is totally completely one hundred percent. And because Kirby created Omac, and I don't have a problem. Normally, people homage stuff in like a panel or two. It's fine, but if they're doing it as a as a art style for a complete series, I might have a problem with it. For some reason, I think it's okay here. I think it's a very much of a throwback book. It's Keith Giffen, who's very much of a throwback guy. He's he's one of the older creators out there, uh, doing a tribute to a to a creator who deserves as many tributes as possible with his character. You know, in a modern book, who would have thought we would have had an OMAC book in 2011? But we do. So for now, for now, well. <laughs> I think right now we think every book is somewhat safe considering the order numbers we've seen. So I had the most fun. This was There's some great art. There's the final shot of, Jack, of Maxwell Lord. is a Maxwell Lord you've never seen before. He doesn't look at anything like the ones we've seen in other issues. He looks exactly like a Kirby drawing. He's got a giant forehead and sort of puffy features. And, some sort uh, of virtual collar. Yes. There's lots of great technology. There's lots of great crazy technology. It is a virtual collar. It doesn't make sense DC, to say it, but it is. The DC Universe has introduced the virtual collar now. They have. It's like, it's wow. like a holographic collar. It's amazing. They're really, they're really into collars. <laughs> Yeah, this this is I kind of I, I got I mean I got to share your enthusiasm for it. This is just like like it's funny because I remember when the first issue came out. I was like ah, I don't know about the story, but I'm to, you know I'm totally digging on the art. This I got I sat on the couch and I got sucked in by the story. Yep, it absolutely. was you know and like and the art looks great and it just it's and you're right. I mean like it it's almost like Kirby esque is now a genre or a category yes. and uh, it's not. A knockoff or anything like that. They're just doing their best Kirby style kind of story, which is uh, which I would take any day when it's done as well as this is. I mean, this Keith Giffen is doing amazing, and I think this is gonna be around for a while because a lot of people are digging it. Yeah, and there's elements of Hulk, there's elements of Booster Gold in the relationship between Brother Eye and Omac, like the Skeets Booster Gold relationship. There's a little bit of Firestorm in there in the way they bicker, which is also a, bit, a little bit of Nova. I mean, there's lots of great little elements in here put together into something that's a lot of fun. It is unlike every other book, not only in the DC universe at the moment, but every other book I'm reading across every publisher that I'm reading. Tons is of it, fun, packed full of action and dialogue. It's, it's great. Is it taking place in the main yeah. DC universe? Mm-hmm. As far as okay. we can say, as far as we know. Everything has taken place to, you know, in the main DC universe. So you got to wonder how is Maxwell Lord going to play into Justice League International, maybe, or like, is or are they just going to keep him out here? Like, it's it, it like it opens up all these different possibilities. Yeah, he is the secret. Uh, it, it, it it takes elements from previous stories. He, you know, Brother Eye, Maxwell Lord, Checkmate, all were together in the previous DCU. They're together here. They're secretly running Cadmus. Plus, it takes the look and feel of the original Omac. So it takes all the Omac because Omac has been used a couple of times throughout DC Comics. The look of the character is very much the original Kirby Omac, but the setup in terms of Cadmus created this Omac, Brother Eyes involved, this is all the modern Omac. So this is, there's a lot of things going on, a lot of tributes happening, and it's all being pulled off really well. I had so much fun reading this. I really, it made really, really help my Wednesday. I'll be honest. That's good. I mean, that, that, isn't, yeah. that, isn't that what at the end of the day, isn't that what what we need yeah. comics for, right? Yeah, I mean, it's. I like the ones that make me feel bad. <laughs> but we're going to talk about Penguin later. <laughs> oh. That was very good too. But so I had tons of fun. There's a little recap on page one. So if you missed issue one, for some reason don't want to pick it up digitally, uh, then you can just start with two. You don't really need one. You start with you, two. I don't think you really need one. I think you could get in. You could get it without you know, without misunderstanding think, it. Yeah. What What do you think the percentage of comic book readers out there who can physically go and buy number two and not buy number one? I'm gonna, I'm like, I think it's like like one percent of them can can actually do that if without you, having. If it. you and the listening audience can go buy a number two issue without having to buy number one, go to ifanboy.com, write in the comments, and be heard. 
Prove Josh or Josh at iFanboy.com. Yeah, or email Josh no, at iFanboy.com. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> yes, do that one. <laughs> no, don't do that. You can, you can get him on Twitter at, a, at uh, J.A. Flanagan that's, as well. That's also okay. Yeah, do it don't, there. Don't yeah. email. Well, um, when you talk when you talk about having fun, I had a blast with Avengers 1959, number one. which was, which Did was, anyone doubt that? Would, yeah, exactly. It was a bit of a no-brainer. So after, new, after um, the partial, the mini-stories in the pages of New Avengers um, with Bendis and Howard Chaykin drawing it, they came up with this idea of Nick Fury, you know, with an early Avengers team in 1959, and now Howard Chaykin's taking the ball and run with it. And it's a this is the first issue of a five issue miniseries. Chaykin writing and drawing it, and it picks up after the completion of that uh, mission, and it picks up with that Avengers team kind of celebrating, complete with a page of heads and their logos, which I was like, yes, it was good, it was very good. <laughs> and then just when they think the challenge is behind them, somebody strikes that strikes against them, and and it's off to the races again. And this was we talk about good shaken, bad shaken. This was good shaken. This was really good shaken. This is really good shaken. You know, you know that you know that the lethal weapon was a two where uh, the, the South Africans attacked the members of. Yep. <laughs> the members of Rig, Rig, community. <laughs> Riggs' team all by themselves, like after they had d- done the big bust, it was like that. They had all had their big celebratory meal. They all went off on their own and all individually all got attacked by this shadowy organization. Were they and in was, a house with stilts? Because I lived in L.A. Yeah. for eight years and I couldn't drive past a house with stilts with just diplomatic community. <laughs> no, but um, there's there's a houseboat attack. Which is there was a houseboat is. attack. There was a houseboat attack. There was a, uh, a helicopter. Like it, it, it. What was great was that it broke the team up and it separated them. And but they all had similar kind of things happening in different locations, um, thus tying them all together. And it was, I mean, it was just really well done. And it ends with Nick Fury and uh, another dude uh, fighting with umbrella swords. It's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> like great. How when there's a sword hidden in an umbrella, how does it get any better than that? <laughs> not, but there's two of them, right? Yeah, and sorry, not a, hel- not a helicopter, a plane. Uh, yeah. Dominic. Well, there's also a hitch- hitchhiking saber tooth. Yeah, hitchhiking saber tooth, which is like, <laughs> which I gotta make, I gotta give Chaykin. I mean, one bit of criticism when so saber tooth is hitchhiking, and the guy who picks him up goes, "I'm doing Toronto," and saber tooth says, "You don't say, same here. I don't hear saber tooth saying that. <laughs> you don't say." <laughs> I'm I'm having a really hard time not talking about Lethal Weapon Two right now. <laughs> I just so you guys both but know that I'm I'm so glad that this is good shaken and that these five issues are going to be a lot of fun. Oh God, it's and it was funny because it's like uh, you know, admittedly, some people have problems a hard time with his art style, like the big jaws and stuff like that. But once you see it for what it is, he is one of the greats right now. And it's great that he's working actively working at Marvel. I love it. Marvel brings him in as a consultant to talk to young artists. Yeah. I don't know if people know that. That's like he's yeah. he's considered a master. Yeah, he's great. Uh, at the craft. Yep. Hey, so uh, here's the thing. I have been hearing Ron talk about X-Men Schism the whole time and talk it's how it's the greatest thing ever of all time. And then what I see on the internet is a lot of other people saying things that are not the same as what Ron is saying. <laughs> a lot of them. In fact, I, I, don't, I haven't actually seen anyone else who likes the end of it. I, it's, we're, it's, they're almost as angry as the Wall Street kids. <laughs> it's, well, I, I had not good things to say about the last issue, and this continues with this issue. In that it, it, this is the issue where, where Cyclops Wolverine have their big fight. They split up. And the art by Adam Kubert was not as good as the other issues have been. Which I do agree with that. Yeah. A Kubert um, always seems to falter at the end because it's a little faster than they can handle. Well, he only did this issue. He's, yeah. He's, he's, oh, he's oh, oh. Yeah. Then I have no excuse. There yeah. we go. I was but, trying. To uh, this was. But, I mean, I still give Frank Cho as the probably the worst art of the of the five issues. But this is he's right above that. This continued the idea that Wolverine's take on this whole thing is laughable, and it makes his character weird, and it doesn't make any sense. 
I very, disagree. It's very forced I, to break them up. Yeah, I mean, well, no, I, I think it's. I do. I do think that I could see the argument that it's it's contrived or forced or like it's just catalyst to to do the breakup. But I don't think that it's that out of nowhere or that un, un, un understandable. I think that if you look at the bigger picture of everything that's happened to Wolverine over since House of M. That it's been leading up to this point. I think that having it happen in this quick of a time span possibly might have hurt it, ha- hurt the way it happened. But that said, it's what it is, and this is where we're at, and we're gonna get some cool stuff coming out of it. And so that, that I'm fine, I'm fine with that. I, you know, I, I agree. It it ended. It it definitely ended. The, the Schism miniseries ended not as strong as it opened, or not as strong as it might have been with Alan Davis and some of the different artists and things like that. But I enjoyed it, and honestly, though, it left me. So it, so basically, the way it ends is uh, Wolverine splinters off and says he can't. You know, he can't. He can't do. Basically, he did what Beast did a couple a uh, couple of years ago. Remember when Beast left? And Beast is like, I don't want any part. Of, I don't. I don't like what you're doing here. I don't want any part of it. He- Neither of us remember that. Um, at the viewers, I was talking to the the, 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 the not, I know they're not, no, viewers. they're not viewers. The listeners, I'm sorry, the listeners. <laughs> bang bang, stormtroopers dropping on the floor. Connor, is this anyway, okay? So, um, <laughs> so um, you know, so it it definitely harkens back to when Beast left the team a couple of years ago, and Wolverine takes off on a Blackbird, and he's got a bunch of the kids with him. Iceman, purely because Jason Aaron likes Iceman, <laughs> um, and Iceman's like, yeah, I'm not being used. Um, and they and they take off and they land in Westchester at the old side of the mansion my question is does wolverine have the deed yeah is he like what are do the they, logistics behind rebuilding that mansion the, do I they know, get new cell phone numbers yeah, xavier, xavier uh, had a, credit a, cards xavier had a vast fortune that they tapped in on for that for that uh, mansion does wolverine have money stored away like how, how is the what's the practice maybe that's why he brought Iceman because he's an accountant i don't like <laughs> i want to know what the, pra- the, the practical side of this plan that wolverine is doing is <laughs> but i don't know but I, I ended up i ended up liking it yeah, I, I, this was this again. The Wolverine side of the story was weak. It was we we're not going to fight with kids, even though you've been fighting with kids for decades, and now you're going to still fight with kids because that's what we do. He took kids with him on his in his little army. I mean, it just it just didn't make any sense his point of view. But ah, I don't I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, I, I get I, I is there a change of address form they have to file? Exactly. And if so, does that, stuff yeah. that was going to Utopia actually get funneled? Because stuff from Queens did not get funneled. <laughs> so. Yeah. And maybe Utopia has a better mail system. I don't know. Were they, were they getting mail service on Utopia? I mean, technically, well, it was a different nation. They have so. yeah. post office. Is there yeah. a mutant? Oh, it, took, it, it took forever. The, I mean, like the free shipping from Amazon, that didn't happen. Uh, and, you I know, it, we're, we're had, talk, they probably had P.O. boxes in San Francisco. That's my three, guess. Three and a half weeks on, on what would be, you know, normally a couple of days. It was, uh, the thing was, they had their own Netflix hub in <laughs> Utopia. So they got their movies really fast. I'm you sorry. Know, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, Quickster, whatever the fuck it's called. The, the underlying, a lot of, see, it didn't read in the story, but a lot of the underlying resentment was that mail did take a really long time. <laughs> That's really what they, we, He's no. got no packages for the last five years. He's been yeah, just so he's kind of, like, they're cranky about that. <laughs> like, like uh, he ordered some C's candy. Which is local in California. You would think you so, could just go get it from San Francisco. There's like yeah, nine million no, in here. It was literally like, like two and a half weeks, and he paid the overnight shipping. <laughs> So I mean, you can you can see where this stuff just boils over and 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 sort of spills into some of the other. See that stuff. makes more sense than the kids thing. I could buy that. <laughs> it's delicious candy. It's very. That's that's why. Well, uh, you guys, I must, you got, he got stuck on disc four of The Good Wife season two. <laughs> Never got disc five, and he's just what's happening. He doesn't want. He doesn't even know. Yep. 
And you see his promos for the new season. He's like, I don't understand how it got to there. And what, it's not what, streaming, so you can't no. watch it. And so, yeah, yeah. it's. <laughs> and there's actually uh, there's a there's a Hulu problem when it comes to Utopia, <laughs> so they can't do it that way. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now it makes sense. Now I buy it. I can't, right. I can't get into it. <laughs> what can you yeah. get into though? Oh, I I could get into Chew Number Twenty One. Which uh, I would, would have, it wasn't quite my pick of the week, but it would have, it would have been very 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 close. One of the things that's really fun about comic books is when you get to say, you know what, let's just flip the whole thing up and and do things a little differently. And at the beginning of this issue, I thought, oh, you're not really going to do this. And then by the end, I was like, oh, they are really going to do this. He's going to have to wear a kilt. Uh, so if you're you're following along, Tony Chu, the entire time his bosses hated him. I don't even remember why. I don't know if there's a reason. He just hates think, him. Yeah, I, I kind of like that better. Like, really hates him. Like, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a, a depiction of, of silent, seething rage as well as, as what was going on there. And I believe that the name of the arc was, like, uh, Applebee's Good Day or something like that. Yeah. Like, the first page of him just being really happy. Prancing like, around, dancing. That was hysterical. Like, yeah, the happy. <laughs> so, uh, Chu gets, gets <laughs> honestly, the, I'm not sure how the uh, structural organization of, the, of uh, law enforcement works in that world. But he goes from the FDA to the police parking division uh, <laughs> they're all connected i like the idea that they're all connected yeah yeah it's a big brother great it's just a really fun issue uh with all of that stuff that makes chew really fun and then a change of pace that you know it wasn't even necessarily needed but it was welcome and i think it's fun that you know if you think about it you're like oh well he's going to be in the in the parking division that doesn't he's just a meter maid that won't lead to any stories well he was in the fda before so you know, take it with a grain of salt, I suppose. I love yeah. that his new coworkers love him. They gave him yeah. a party when he arrived. They, they did it, threw up on his shoulders when he was successful. I mean, this is a complete. He doesn't. He's so bewildered by this. He doesn't know what to do. We've entered Cam- Captain America territory with you now, where we. It's hard. It's hard to keep talking about how great this book is, but it's very good still. And it's and it's more just sitting around waiting for them to falter almost. You yeah. know what I mean? Like because it's because like, every issue is con- like I haven't seen this is twenty one issues or twenty two if you count in the jump ahead or I don't know how that counts, but it's consistently good. And it's like, not and, even that; it's actually getting better. It's getting better, and the thing is, is that it's the combination of the the whatever layman's coming up with this world and the the you know the the law enforcement agencies and all this sort of stuff and the different crimes but then Guillory like did you see when they went the, when um, Tony Chu was the, the bank robbers had the big pile of money and he knocks on the door and do you see in the background the calendar yeah and it's a Patrick Swayze calendar like, <laughs> like he's putting it's, in so many little touches into the art that are just like it, 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 this is definitely a double triple read the, sen- the sense of humor in this is, is very spot on with my sensibilities how's that like I really yeah. Just like the humor in this, and and a lot of times comics try to be funny, and a lot of comics are not funny. Right. I mean that as a person who's a complete comedy snob, so you take it as you will. But this comic's funny, yep. but it's also interesting, and and it just it just keeps being really good and in new ways. And I think that they're because of the weird tone of it, they're able to make decisions that other books can't make, and those choices lead to fun stuff. True. Yeah. Still one of the best books out there. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely. A fun newcomer that was not kick-ass but sort of similar uh, was The Strange Talent of Luther Strode, number one, out this week from, uh, from Image Comics as well. I, re- I really didn't quite know what this was, but I liked the name. Well, uh, what, what got me to notice it was uh, Kirkman, actually. Kirkman, f- considering his role at Image and what he does, does very little promotion on his personal Twitter. You know, like he's off talking about what he's doing and all that sort of stuff. But uh, he posted a picture of the cover of Luther Strode, and he's just like, guys, trust me get this. So, it right. might have been where I first saw it. Yeah. 
And and he was right. It's a very similar to Kick-Ass premise. High school, tall dude, and then for some reason he gets superpowers. Doesn't really explain. It doesn't really matter. It's it's a little bit of like Kick-Ass and Spider-Man at the same time. Like he he gets in a fight with a school bully. It was fun and it was really well drawn and it was interesting looking. And I actually I really like this issue. It's a good yeah, good intro. I really yeah, I really liked it as well. I thought it was um it wasn't what I expected. It wasn't. I mean it got you know like and it you know it just it was good. Like I'm I'm on board. It, and also, it, like the, I, the, I, I'm doing it a bit of a disservice by describing it like that because it really doesn't feel unoriginal. It doesn't feel like something I've necessarily read before. It feels familiar in a, in a good way. It doesn't feel like it. one of the four stories that have been written already? Yeah. Well, I mean, it does. It is. It's, it is. Listen, basically, it's Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I had to boil it down, it's, it's that basic premise. I mean, yeah. Am I right? Yeah. No, you are. Yeah, you are. Yeah. That's, uh, that's it. Either that or Superman. One or the other. I can't tell. Yeah. Or, yeah it's, it's Superman meets Guardians of the Galaxy. Take it from us. I'm, I think you should go check this book out. You should go check it out, and you can go check it out on Graphically, actually, now that Image Comics is on Graphically. You can go uh, go to Graphically.com and go to Image and just read the talent of the Shrode. That's how I read it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. As Josh mentioned earlier in the show, barreling at us like a freight train that cannot be stopped is New York Comic Con. It's coming up. It's October 13th to the 16th the Jacob Javits Center in New York City. It's the end of this week if you're listening to the show early on in the week. If you listen to it late, it's already happened and you've missed out. I'm sorry. <laughs> they have tons of great guests including Frank Miller, Jeff Johns, Frank Quietly, Jason Aaron, Robert Kirkman, Kieran Gillen, Jim Lee, Mike Mignola, Scott Snyder, and tons and tons more. I could list them all, but we'd be here all day. and We don't want to do that. We're, t- we're tired. We're old men. There are also media guests, if you like that kind of thing, like Mark Hamill, who played someone called Luke Skywalker. I don't know who that is, but it's apparently a big deal. Rose McGowan, Kevin Smith, Jason Mewes, Josh, do it. Noich. <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> Saturday's all sold out, but you can still get three and four day passes. You go to NewYorkComicCon.com. And, and speaking good like we do. As we mentioned earlier, stay tuned to the end to hear about us at New York Comic Con, including yes. our party. So, yes, so stay tuned to the end of the show. Noich. Now, did you guys know there's two new DC books out this week? So we got to do our rating system again. I didn't read either. You guys got your books, I assume. We're doing all the new DC books forever. No, never again. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. I, I felt like something memo. was. I thought something was wrong as we started the show. I didn't. Know. <laughs> ratings, ratings. So, Penguin, Pain and Prejudice, number one, came out from Greg Hurwitz and Simon Kudransky, and Greg Hurwitz did the, the really fun run on Moon Knight that we like Avengers of Moon Knight with Jerome Pena a while back. And this was really good. This was in the, very much in the vein of Jason Aaron's one shot that he did a couple of years ago that was also very good. But this is going to be a whole five-issue miniseries. I kind of agree with you, but I kind of don't because you're right. It is very much in the vein of the Jason Aaron one shot that he did. And I kind of felt like, all right, I've been here for this. I don't really want to read five issues of this, though. Well, the, we'll, see, we'll, see, we'll see what it's going to be. Yeah, no, I know. I just – I'm not – it was good. I have no problems. I thought it looked really good. I thought the tone was fine. I just don't – I'm not terribly interested in it, if that makes sense. Well, if you like Penguin as a crime boss yeah. doing crime bossy things, this is for you. I, the point being, if, if, if you like this kind of book and, and you read that other Penguin thing and you want more of that and, and this – like the description sounds like what you want, it's a very, very good version of that. Yeah, that great art, sense. I thought. Yeah, I did too. The other book is The Huntress Number 1, which is another surprise. If, if you put, go along with Dan DiDio's surprise OMAC run, this is Paul Levitt's. And Marcus Toe, who did Red Robin beforehand, and this is this was actually much better than I thought it was going to be. It's it's Huntress in Italy kicking ass with uh, international women smugglers. That's a crime, didn't, right? Women smuggling. Didn't uh, women who are smugglers? Are they smuggling women? <laughs> the smuggling women, yeah, women smugglers. They're chicks who smuggle. <laughs> that's what I thought. No, that's a comic I'd read. <laughs> 
sex wasn't, traffickers. Wasn't it the same? Didn't didn't the question backups that that Greg Rucka do weren't they like the same thing? Yes, like I said, there's only four stories. This is the fourth one. Yeah. <laughs> Penguin, <laughs> women uh, smugglers, smugglers, and, uh, and, the, other and the the wire season two question. <laughs> it's all it's all the same thing. This was much. This was this didn't feel anachronistic. I thought for Paul because Paul Evans had written one of the Legion books that didn't do that wasn't so good. But this was were there very, a lot of were there a lot of introductions in this book? No, very sharp. This is Svetlana. She's from Oskaya. This is nope. Great art. Marcus Toe is really good. I was happy to see him on a book. He was one of the uh, DC artists. I was sad to not see on the New Fifty Two, but he's on this one, and it's a six issue miniseries. So if you like the Huntress, she's also back in her old full body costume, which is good to see, and not the Jim Lee cut out stomach one for no reason. All right, fair mm. enough. Thunderbolts number 164, Jeff Parker, Kev Walker continues to be one of the best books in the market as we continue the uh, rogue Thunderbolts who escaped to the past and now they're in World War II and they're trying to convince Captain America and Namor that they're a new super team and we got Baron Zemo and it's awesome. It's really fantastic. <laughs> it's the, like the, the Zemo reveal page where he's holding the Human Torch arm. Yep, is just lovely. There's a lot of there's a lot of Mike Mignola in this. Actually, I noticed, yes. especially in those few pages, that one dude looks just like Lobster Johnson. Yep, I'm not complaining about this, but it was only four artists. <laughs> <laughs> I, I this was this was so much fun from Captain America's really off-putting and awkward Negro comment. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Oh. But but it makes sense. That's what he would say. Yep. No, totally. He wasn't even being disrespectful. He was saying it's good, but it just you're like, oh, don't, oh, don't. They let him say that. That's. Whew. I, and, I, I like. I enjoyed. I also enjoyed his test to see if they were legit. Yeah. <laughs> I I passed that test by the way. Oh, nice, good job. <laughs> I was like, this is a trick question. Oh oh oh! Right, he was brave. <laughs> and then Mr. Hyde, I don't follow your ruddy sport. <laughs> yeah. It's just fun. I, I, got, I mean, I haven't been reading The Avengers, and this is everything that I would want The Avengers to be, so I'm completely happy with this Marvel team book. Not as good as it gets right now. I mean, like, it's, it's crazy, but it's fun, and it's, you know, and, it, and it's still got that Thunderbolts hook where it's you know, doing something different that you've never read before with the villains and all that sort of stuff. I just It's great. I, I, can't, I can't wait to see where he takes this. It's got to be pretty challenging to keep this up, but uh, it's been good. Long time. Yeah. So Action Comics number two, ratings. Monica Lewinsky was in this. That was awesome. <laughs> well, this is this is where you're going to hit the the harsh reality with action comics in that, in that Rags, Mor- Rags Morales is not a monthly artist. Right. So you're going to have Brand Anderson do finishes, and it's not going to work. Exactly. Story was fantastic. I loved the story. I loved everything about the characterizations and the action in it. It's just that if you want this book to come out monthly, and that's the trade off. What do you? When do you want the Grant Morrison book to come out? Yep. Uh, you're gonna have to choose to have some. And if you're gonna have Rags Morales be the artist, and that's that's you know maybe you shouldn't have Rags Morales be the artist. Then this gonna this is what's gonna happen every once in a while. I just thought it was even more kick in the pants that I don't know why I said that weird. More kick in the pants um, to then have several pages of backup material of Rags Morales explaining the art and the approach and stuff like that when he didn't even fucking draw the issue. I, I gotta say, like I did notice that the art was off a little bit, but it was more after the fact. Yeah. It didn't bother. Oh, I, I know. Had, I noticed I had, it right out of. The, I mean, once I saw the credits and I saw yeah. I saw Penciler, you know, um, I just didn't expect it to change so soon, so I didn't bother. But I had so much fun reading it because. The story's fantastic. I, the story's fantastic. I do not know what to expect with the Superman story. I love, I love dumpy Lex Luthor. Like he, like he's just so snotty. It's awful. He's like a snotty rich kid in the school that everyone hates. Yeah, yep. and and every, everybody's yelling at everybody. It's action comics, is what it is. Yep. It's got action. It's fun. Yeah. I want no other version of Superman. I don't want to see uh, any other books. I do understand some of the some of the the uh, fl- the 
anger at the at the four dollar cover price with like twenty pages. Like it was, I was like, it's over. Yeah, that yeah, and all that filler. And yeah. honestly, and Which honestly, was kind I, of and honestly, like the story. The, you're right. The story is good. I'm enjoying it. But the art just totally like that. La- that the third to last page when Lois opens the elevator and there's like it just it's it's a mess. And I love Brent Anderson. I feel like this is this is not fair to Brent Anderson. And no, it's I'm, not. Yeah, and it's just I don't know. But I, I but I did giggle at the end when I saw his Brainiac. I was like, oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. You know. So, I don't know. That's tough. It's, it's tough. It's a tough, the comics is a tough game. That's it's a tough business. Yeah. Uh, Ron mentioned earlier about graphically announcing this week that image comics are now available day and date. So, what I did when I got up in the morning on Wednesday was before my comic store opened, was I went and got my only image books, including Severed number three. Never read Severed in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> Never. It's, it's really creepy and good. This, I mean, this, it's, is my, this is my pick of the week. Yeah. Yeah. I thought this was just like straight start to finish creepy. I didn't know when the shoe was going to drop and it didn't, which made it even worse. And oh, and it was it just looked great. Great. This issue. was this was the different strokes episode where the kids go with the uh, old man to their oh. apartment and you're just yep. wondering when that's going to happen. The bad they thing. They kept that- making decisions that you were like, don't make that decision. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, kids, come back to my apartment. All right, old man. Yeah. And uh, then you just waited for something bad to happen. You and want I had some beers. <laughs> I want some more beers. <laughs> you want to see my tattoos? Uh, uh, look at my little hat on my head. Uh. <laughs> but Snyder is good. He, he he's good. Yeah, he co-wrote this. Scott yeah. Tuft also. I got Yeah, I yeah, know. exactly. I don't know who is the Didio to the Giffen here. I don't know either. Fear Agent returns to stands as we as, as it seems as if the end is near. They they've uh, finally released Fear Agent number thirty one. Uh, now that issue number thirty two is done and it's going to come out next month, and it's just it's just, it's not fair. It's a real good looking book, but that was also a very long wait for yeah, it. it was, so that it was, was a little hard to. Was get it a up year? It might have been. I don't. I don't know if it was quite that long, but uh, there's a lot of people working on this. Like the like it's Tony Moore layouts. Well, it's it's and, pencils by Mike Harth- Harthorne with Tony Moore and finishes yeah. by John Lucas. Yeah, but it looks good. It shouldn't with all yeah. those names is what I, I'm basically saying. But it comes through. I love Heath. Uh, with the big white mustache. Old Heath, yeah, that's um, great. I'm seeing a lot of issues worked out in this book that are similar to work, issues that are worked out in Venom. Yes, yeah, a lot of similarities there. Yep. There's, some, there's some drinking. Yep. There's some parent issues. But I really, I liked, it's interesting at this point we're seeing the relationship between Heath and his wife, you know, that we've been talking about all this time and why it is that way and everything. And uh, yeah. it, was, it was nice. I'm going to be sad to see this book go. I got to admit, my favorite, my favorite moment was um, this, this book bounced a lot. It bounced back in time. So you got a little more Heath and understanding him, his, you know, his beginning of his relationship with, with Charlotte or Char or whatever, you know, and uh, his mother and his family and things like that. But then in the, in the future, whatever, there's, you know, old Heath Houston. And my favorite moment was when he's squaring off against the brain alien and the brain alien saying, you know, you know, that's it. You're done. We've beaten you. We'll be no miraculous salvation and Heath just says just jumps up and stabs him in the brain <laughs> well to be fair it's the only thing you can stab him yeah exactly it's just like you know, it's you know like it's just that simple good action and it ends the way we uh the way we expect Fury to end with Heath drinking on a ship and then a, a big shock surprise and then big old big letters at the end the end which made me sad but um, it, yeah it's yeah. good yeah it's great so it's gonna be a wonderful series whenever yeah. you get all these together yep so the the darling of week one of DC, Animal Man, comes back with Animal Man number two. <laughs> the uh, darling of the relaunch. The darling of the relaunch. Did, did it continue to be a darling for you? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. My God, this is great. It's, oh, it's It works on many levels. It's, there's a horror element. There's a superhero element. There's a funny element. There's a family element. And it all works very seamlessly together. It, it's one of those things where you can tell a creator's hitting – 
on all points. You know, they have a bunch of ideas and they're all working and they all work together. And you can see, I think you can tell Jeff Lemire's having a lot of fun writing this book too because there's a lot of funny ports. Yeah. I do not want a chicken hand. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And Trowel Foreman not only, deliver, you know, similar to what he did last week, but stepped it up with the facial expressions, which I thought were great. The, the pout, the, the uh, Animal daughter pouting in the kitchen was one of my favorite panels. It was great. I, and, I can see, I mean, like, I've heard a lot of people are either like, I really like it, or I don't know about, I don't know about this travel forming guy. And I totally understand that, but I think that, I don't know, yeah, he's doing wonderful expressionistic comics. Yep. yep. Uh, and, and they definitely lean more towards expressionistic with, without that realisticness. Well, yeah, uh, and, but and also, that, it's there, though. Yeah, and that's the thing is that they, they I mean, the, the, the artists that I like the best are the ones that challenge you, and this is very, it's very challenging. Yeah. Um, I, I just, expressionisticness is not a word. Right. Uh, expressionism I, also will yeah. be fine. But so, um, it looks like the, the Brothers in Arms, uh, Animal Man is, is tied to Swamp Thing, as we've got the red going on in Animal Man, and then in Swamp Thing, we get a lot about the green. And I actually liked this issue a lot. It was wordy as hell, but I really liked it. Yeah, I felt as if uh, I got it. I, I I'm mixed on it. I really liked once they got that explanation out of the way. But there was a there's a double page spread in the middle, which is just I was like, oh, that's you're trying to fit a lot in. Yeah. It's been to see him. Uh, yeah, it was, been to it, see it was more than that. I thought, and also I actually I really think that the the artwork is gorgeous. But I think that he got a little ahead of himself with the storytelling, and I actually had a little trouble following where I was supposed to read next a couple times. There was one, there was one, that one doubles page spread, I, I had that same, I'm like, okay, wait, I need to come back, and it was, yeah. Yeah, no, the, it happened a couple yeah. pages sort of in the yeah. first half. I yeah. think with that out of the way, we're fine, I like that part, but it was, it, was a, it was a bit much, and I think that, I think the storytelling suffered a little to the style. Yeah, I, I agree with Theron. I think I had, there was a lot of info, but I, you know, I think it was good, and then the, the ending was very exciting with the twisty head monster attack, so... Yeah, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it very much. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more more than the first issue. So. I knew who I knew who that was on the motorcycle the second she pulled oh, absolutely. up. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Oh yeah, so. cool. So those are the books that came out this week. You go to ifanboy.com/slash/comics and you can do your uh, see all the comics come out every week and uh, rate and review and do your picks picks of the week and uh, do your pull list and all that fun stuff. Those are the books that we enjoyed, but you enjoyed a lot other ones and a lot more of the comics. I can't all of a sudden three hundred five episodes. I lose the ability to talk. We're all losing. Um, so we want to take a look at uh, what your picks of the weeks were, the iFanboy community. Um, so if you go to iFanboy.com slash comics, you can select your pick of the week. And coming in at number five was X-Men Schism number five with 4.8% of the pick of the week's uh, percentages. Uh, seems like enough people liked X-Men Schism. So, Connor, take that. Uh, <laughs> what? I said I was yeah. – Number four is Penguin Pride and Prejudice, number one, 5.6. I think – 5.6% of the pick the week percentages. I think that this book would have been better if it was if it was set in like the um uh what's her name time period, you know. Mr. Darcy, a yeah. penguin would love to see you, sir. Exactly. <laughs> what's ah, the, I should what, rather not hope. What's the artist uh, what's the writer's name? Oh crap, it's going to kill me now. Now none of us can Emma, think of it, which makes us all dumb. I want to say Henry James, but it's not Henry James. Yeah, Henry James. I know. <laughs> Shit. All right, think of that. Someone look it up. Coming in at number three is Swamp Thing number two with 14.5% of the uh, Pick of the Week percentage just, uh, distribution. Number two was Action Comics number two with 26.6%. And coming in at number one was the aforementioned Animal Man number two with 30.7% of the Pick of the Week. So Animal that's Man holding strong. Amazing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. very impressive. Jane Austen. Jane Austen. Thank you. Jane Austen. Bronte. Bang, bang, bang. Stormtroopers falling on the floor. Okay, <laughs> so um, that leads us into your reviews. Connor, why don't you take us away with the first one? 
YYZ Kyle reviewed Detective Comics number two and gave a story of five out of five, and the art of five out of five, and 0.4 percentage of you made this pick of the week. And YYZ Kyle said, This book is awesome. <laughs> Issue one was my pick of the week when it came out, and this is my pick of the week. Great job by Tony Daniel. The splash page of the Bat Cycle is awesome. This book is ex- exactly what I want from Detective Comics. It's a mystery. We get great internal monologue, great characterizations by Jim and Bruce, and a great compelling villain. More, please. <laughs> More, please. Did you read this, Connor? Yeah, it was very average. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i going to drop it. Really? For the first Whoa. time in my life, I'm not going to buy Detective Comics. Really? Wow. Yeah. I'm proud of you. My comic book of life. They didn't even deal with the Joker face. We don't know what happened. They did. That they, was my question. That was going to be my question. No! I mean, I, I'm sure they will eventually. Don't but yell they, at I'm, me. They didn't deal with the Joker face. In fact, Gordon got his face cut up, too. Cut up or off? Uh, cut up. It's all, like, s- ugly sutured back together. So who knows? I'm dropping it. It's very average. I'm not really enjoying it. And I just wanted to know what happened to the Joker. That's really what I wanted to know. You see, that ah. sucks. When you end with such a cliffhanger and there's no payoff, that's like, come on. I don't even make comics and I know that. Yeah. Well, you, average. You should know. You should know. I mean, it, was, it really wasn't bad. It just <laughs> I, wasn't a, I, I, I really thought. You should, you should know. <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> well, I mean, let's be honest. You do this for a living. I mean, <laughs> I mean if you're not in this, then we, we need to have a talk. I thought the comment section on this was really interesting because half the people were like, this was great, and half the people were right. I don't want to say it's bad. It wasn't bad. It just was very average. In that That's, you know what? It, really average is starting to feel worse than bad. Yeah. Because at least it's fun to talk about really bad stuff. Yeah. So uh, Dix. First time since the early 80s. Wow. Uh, Dix, D-I-X, uh, j- talked about Justice League International number two. I love it because you don't have to remember the numbers. Uh, gave the story a three out of five and the art a three out of five, and the pick of the week percentage was 0.2%. And he says, we've got more from the, char- from the characters that were established in the previous issue and a few others that are a bit more vocal this time. The series setup is more or less done, and the issue is more about revealing a little about how th- these characters interact. That is not well. But nothing stands out about the situation. No relationships are outstandingly interesting or entertaining. They're simply adequate, like the art. This book does get to the action, though. So for those who want to see this team doing things with their powers, it's here. And quicker than some other team-up books in the 52. But aside from some of these, those minor advantages, it's still the, some stilted character writing and general lack of anything truly impressive means that there are better books out there. I could see this opinion. My, my, I, I probably give this like a three or a four as well. I still enjoyed it because I like the characters and I, I like the art. I mean, it's very, it is average comic book art, but done well. But I feel as if it's lost a little bit of the joy and the fun. Like there wasn't enough humor in this issue. Yeah, I mean that's one of the things that Winnick's Justice League Lost, Generation Lost series really had was a lot of fun in it. Right. Um, I still really enjoyed this. There's the the British characters grading. Now you want to talk about unrealistic female characters? This is a female character written from the point of view of a ma- older male. Yeah. Who just wants to have sex all the time. That's what ladies are like, right? But uh, it's still there's still elements in this stuff that are really fun. I like it's kind of a throwback old school team superhero book action, which I like. I mean, it's certainly not blowing the doors off, and I can see. You know, a couple months down the line, where it's still like, you know, still okay, you know, dropping it. But for now, I'm having a good time reading it. See, I, I held it, and I was like, no good can come of this eventually. I would say you should get OMAC instead of Justice League. I didn't get either, but well, I know if you had to choose between the two, I just, yeah. I just set up, I, I gave you a crossroads, and I like, it was, True. yeah. Anyway. I, know, I like to have choices made for me. Yeah. All right. Well, buy OMAC. All right. So <laughs> go to ifanboy.com slash comics and do, yes. your poll, do your pull list and do your ratings and write your reviews and do your pick of the week and you can get on a future show uh, like these guys. These guys over here. 
Yeah. Um, so now that we're back to our original format, uh, we're going back to your uh, listener feedback or audience feedback, uh, viewer feedback. Audience participation. Yes. So uh, our first You're female. You're stupid right now. Our first female. The blue angels are flying over nonstop, and it's freaking me out. What, are they dropping nerve gas? I don't what, know. This, this, all I know is that these planes aren't supposed to be flying through cities as low as they are. I'm just saying. You're supposed to enjoy it, damn it. No, it's, it's an F-18A Hornet. <laughs> all right. So our first email comes from Callum from the Isle of Man. Which is kind of awesome. Um, No speed limits. I know. So uh, Callum says, now that we're through the first month of the new DC Universe, it feels as though we have a decent handle on many of the obvious things that have been added or dropped from previous continuity. I was wondering if there are any plot lines that that have not yet finished the old DCU that you are I, I saw this email and thought the same thing when it was in the in the inbox. <laughs> that you were particularly sad to see fall by the wayside. And by this, I mean threads like those raised in Flash Rebirth where a dark future for the Flash's children was hinted at. Now we will find out where that was headed. So yeah, any plot threads that you feel frustrated by their incomplete status? <laughs> Not that one. Not that one at all. I, I literally don't remember anything. Oh, I'm trying to think. I can't what, what think of any. What left? What questions? I couldn't are... think of anything. It's that, that's one of the brilliant things about it is we've been so inundated with these new stories that it has kind of washed away a lot of the old DCU, in my mind at least, and I guess Josh's is not. I don't remember much of it. Well, the thing is I wasn't reading much of it by that point, and the mm-hmm. stuff that I was reading or knew about it. wasn't very good. No, I was going to say it's pretty – Batman's still going. You know, Batman's like, continuing. Green Lantern's continuing. Right. And everything else, Superman was bad. Wonder Woman was bad. You know, Flash uh, sort of sputtered to the end. Justice League I, was bad. Justice yeah. Society was bad. I mean, we were talking a lot in a few months ago before the relaunch about how bad DC was creatively. It's because all the good people were working on these other books secretly. But um, we just, uh, I can't think of anything. I, man, I wish they had continued that. There's really nothing. Everything either finished or, you know, or I don't remember or didn't like. I mean, like Bat. Batgirl? Would that be something? But it finished. I mean, the story finished. Right. They, they finished it in a very truncated fashion, but they finished with the pl- when we, we talked to Brian Q. Miller in San Diego. He said that it finished where it would have finished had they never had the, the relaunch. It just had to happen a year sooner. So the story's finished. They just, you know, the ones that didn't, didn't. And I don't remember them. I don't care. Flash, children, we, we uh, are on... A pox, on, a pox on their house. <laughs> we're on record as, as not liking them in any way, shape, or form. So we're happy that story never finished. So, you know... It's, time for, it's it's a new day. Get on board. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't think. I can't think of a single goddamn thing that I'm worried about. <laughs> <laughs> Why was that funny? I don't know, but it was. I don't know. Plot lines. Not a goddamn thing. Plot lines. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next email. Anthony Ma- Anthony Mathers, who was one bat for you, which sounds kind of like a come on. It's, yeah, I know. It's, I thought of the same way, like for you. Like an erotic masseuse who's into Batman. <laughs> Anthony Mathers says, after finishing Walt Simonson's Thor Omnibus, Life Achievement Unlocked, I wonder if there are any other works or collections where the writer and the artist were mostly the same person. I can only think of Jeff Lemire's Sweet Tooth. Oh, my. Yeah, yeah John Byrne, Fantastic Four. Yeah. Um, John Byrne, Superman. <laughs> John um, Byrne, X-Men, John. No, he didn't do X-Men. Well, just all, all of Will Eisner's, what? I mean, not all of it, but Will Eisner, the spirit, like all those years of the spirit. Uh, Terry Moore's Echo, Terry Moore's Terry Moore's Paradise. Paradise. Yeah, Jeff what? Smith's Bone. Yeah. Box office poison. I can't help it. I want Robinson. that nothing. Yeah. Uh, uh, blankets. Uh, Simon and Kirby, because they both drew it. Right. Frank Miller's Sin City. Frank Miller's 300. Frank, yeah, Frank, Frank Miller's Holy Dark Terror. Night Dark Knight Returns. Holy um, Terror. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Tony Daniels' amazing Batman run. Uh, I'm in yeah, the DCU right now. Doesn't happen much at Marvel these days. No. Art Spiegelman's Mouse. 
Mm. Trying to think of the last. Well, it, you know, in in graphic novels and sort of indie cartooning, it happens a lot more. See, so, yeah, superhero stuff, it's 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 more rare than not. It's difficult to stay on tr- track now. Yeah. Like that's, I mean. The way that that everything is produced, I it's I think it's really hard for a writer artist to keep up with the the sort of schedule. I know Duncan Rouleau was doing something, but it stopped. He couldn't keep up with the schedule. Yeah, I'm trying to think in in mainstream. John Byrne was really the last day tripper. Yeah, no, he yeah John Byrne owned that in the 80s and yeah. 90s. He did all he did all that stuff at DC and Marvel almost. <laughs> Spider-Man. Not all of the stuff he did, but a lot of it was. Yeah, yeah. did George Perez, did George Perez was his Wonder Woman? Was that written and drawn by him? I'm not gonna go back and check. Yeah, that's how bad Superman was. I meant Wonder Woman. I know it just wiped oh, it right, out of his. No, I see. Okay. All right. Last email. CJ from Albany, New York says, "I'm lucky enough to have a wife. Oh wait, there's more. Uh, who is not only accepting of my comics hobby, but is a burgeoning comic fan herself. I'm writing to ask you guys for some book recommendations. My wife was born was a born and bred New Yorker growing up in Flushing, Queens. I'm sorry. She left the book about this past. She left the city about this past summer to let me pursue my legal career. It has meant everything to me, but as a result, she misses everything about New York: the people, the atmosphere, the sights, the sounds, and most of all, the food. On our last trip to the local comic shop, she picked up the New York Five by Brian Wood. She picked up the New York Five by Brian Wood and Ryan Kelly. With each page turned, she excited, excitedly exclaimed. Look, there's this thing I know. It was great to see her read something that gave her so much joy. Uh, so my question is to you, besides the New York 4 and 5, are there any books that you can recommend that capture the essence of New York on each page? And it's every page. It has to be. I, I, think, le- I think less worry about the com- – dude, there are, there are law schools in New York, man. <laughs> let's, let's look at the let's look at the basis of the issue. You're well, he could have he could have gotten hired by a firm outside of New York. Maybe yeah, also, it's there. a lot cheaper to, to have to live somewhere else if you're going to law school. If you're in the middle, oh, no, of he says he says to pursue my legal career. He didn't say anything about school, so maybe he oh, got a job oh. at another firm. There are firms in New oh, York, yeah. and yeah, they're total, you know, well, yeah, I think let's look, let's look at the core issue. You're building resentment because you made your wife move somewhere she doesn't want to be at. I think you should get back to New York as soon as possible. I, I can tell you this: there's an opening in Queens. <laughs> yeah, books that play. Well, I mean, I mean. I, I want to say local right away because if you really like that one that issue book, of it, though. yeah, but it's only one issue of the whole thing. Yeah. But still, I still think you should read it. She would. I, th- I think that's that's a really good book. She, it, it, there's a lot of time and place, you know, stuff all over the country, and the New York chapter is really good. I think in general. Have you tried it. Marvel Comics from 1961 through yesterday? Yesterday, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, they used to be really, 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 really New York City based. Although I don't think that's going to be what you're looking for. Yeah. DMZ, Ultimate, Ultimate, Ultimate Spider-Man, somewhat. DMZ is DMZ, actually not yeah. a bad choice because it is very specific to the whole thing. Although, you know, oh, that really rubble. captures. Yeah, but that still really captures a a quote unquote New York state of mind. Mm. That's the first Box time. Box office poison. Sold. Box office poison is is a good one. Alex is from the city, and and all of his books take place in the city. I think. Not not too cool, but uh, tricked it. I'm trying to think, what else is there? Ghost Rider in the nineties. <laughs> that's not that's not a good suggestion. <laughs> well, there's books like you know Daredevil and Spider Man are all specific to New York, but that's I, know, not I mean really Daredevil is, is but not in the same way. Not in the same way, yeah. Hmm. Um, that's a good. Que- I mean, it's a good question. It's funny because a lot of comics do take place in New Ooh. York City, but it's this—it's uh, actually Toronto. So, ooh, I, I, he should, uh, she should read Cavalier and Clay, even That's though it's a not good. a comic, but it's a book about comics and it takes place in New York. And it's a you yeah, know. I agree. You know, it actually is a lot of fun to read comics history. I, yeah. She's not going to want to do this, but if you read like the books about the Golden Age, about Stanley or Jack Kirby or Joe Simon or Will Eisner or any of those, like the books about them, they're all New York City centric. And so they're like, well, our offices were up on Thirty Seventh and Eighth at that point. We, yeah. You know, yeah. And you, like it brings you right there. You can smell the fabric textile district. 
Will Will Eisner's New York Life in the Big City. Yes, yeah. all, pretty a lot of New York, a lot of Will Eisner stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm looking. I, I found a. I found. I did a quick search and I found some blog of some people talking about comics in the place in New York and somebody asking for uh, suggestions. And in the comments, they're all like throwing out stuff that we've already said. And then the one person just said, "Anonymous said fables." I'm like, "All right, yeah, fables did take." <laughs> it's true, you know. Yeah, yeah it's right. <laughs> also takes place upstate. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. And in Fable Town. So in Westchester? It's local number six is the issue of local that you're thinking of, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. The alcoholic? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. My New York Diary by Julie Duche. You're just one. reading somebody else's blog post right now. So what? I, I said I just was going to you, you can do it as long as you don't let people know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm We're supposed to be the experts on this. <laughs> Listen Jeez. about that. All right, there's cool. A good, there's a good section of Preacher that takes place in New York City. Yeah. Uh, yes, there is. is. Which is actually really good too, because Garth Ennis lived there. Punisher, so it was the Punisher, authentic. Yeah, Hell, the yeah Daredevil the Hell's Kitchen's one, man. That's what I mean. Reed Bendis's run on Daredevil and Malieve. That was. If you want that feeling, I mean, yeah. Miller Daredevil really like went extra out of his way to capture the the feeling of New York City at the time. Yeah. All right, so if you have any questions, you can shoot us an email at contact.ifanboy.com. We're here to help. Usually we do voicemails, but we're going to cut them this week because we've got to talk about the New York Comic Con. But if you want to call in, you can call the voicemail line at 1-888-FANBOYS. It's 1-888-326-2697. And the aforementioned New York Comic Con that we've been dreading is right around the corner. It is four days, three days away, four days uh, away. Oh, no. dear they Lord. sponsored the show. We can't say we were dreading I'm it. I'm so excited for it. <laughs> Just, <laughs> it's honestly the highlight of the year. <laughs> it really is. It really I look is. forward to it more than I look forward to anything. Yes. So um, as we mentioned earlier, <laughs> uh, New, York, New York Comic Con is, is running from October 13th to the 16th at the Jacob Javits Center. We will be there. So uh, if you want to come see us, we're going to have a, a booth or table or whatever at, at uh, number F1. And it's going to be in the podcast area of the con floor. No guarantees we'll be there. We're going to be running around the floor doing interviews and stuff like that. But this, if you walk by, there's a good chance we'll be there. And there's also um, our, one of our other sponsors, Comedy Central, the Weird Al Yankovic live DVD. They're going to have a bunch of stuff uh, that you can get for free that you can get at our table. So swing by, check it out. Even if we're not there, feel free to take whatever's there. Well, not whatever's there, but the, the, oh, the, denoted, my bag. the denoted free stuff. And hopefully we'll see it at our table. Um, if you don't catch us at the table, um, you can catch us at the con. I'm actually moderating a panel. I'm moderating the second Food and Comics panel. Uh, we did it in Chicago at C2E2. And this time we're doing it again in New York. It's on Friday at 2.45. And it's going to be me moderating it with uh, C.B. Sabolsky, Brian Azzarello. And, uh, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> and Chef Wiley uh, Dufre- Dufrens, Dufre- Dufresne. Um, and he's Andy Dufresne. The, he's the chef uh, who uh, owner, the owner and chef of WD Fifty, which is one of the best restaurants in Manhattan. So if you're curious about the the cross section of comics and food, you're going to want to come to this panel. You guys were in the audience at the C two E two one. It's not as crazy as it sounds. Right? No, and it was it was standing room only basically yeah. in Chicago. It wait, was wait, wait. packed. What is what is Brian Azzarello doing there? I don't know. <laughs> Glowering. Yeah, exactly. Apparently, he likes to eat. He has to eventually, I suppose. Yeah. So you can go, come watch me. Huh. In the, you can watch me uh, uh, <laughs> panically moderate a panel. <laughs> That's a stupid question. <laughs> I, know, I don't know what to ask, well, Mr. Azzarello. I'm sorry, um, <laughs> Mr. Azzarello. <laughs> I can't wait for that. 
<laughs> so and then no, I'm not gonna answer that. And then finally, Friday night, October fourteenth. <laughs> food. October fourteenth. We've teamed up with our friends at Shirts for a Cure for the um, awesome uh, iFanboy New York Comic Con party. Uh, drinks for a Cure. Um, it's all uh, not all, but uh, proceeds uh, from you your drinks that you buy at Idle Hands Bar will go towards helping fight breast cancer. So please come for a good cause. And we're welcoming special guest DJs Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey, who you know and love from their work on Phonogram and more recently on Uncanny X Men. And uh, Jamie's got X Men season one coming out. They're going to be spinning some of their their favorite music. I'm also going to be DJing, so it should be a fun. No night. one asked me or Connor to DJ. <laughs> there was only so many slots. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so come Take- out. To- Come out to Idle Hands. on. T- it's at 25 Avenue B between 3rd Street and 2nd Street uh, down on the Lower East Side in Alphabet City. And the music starts at 9 p.m. And we're going to go till the end of the night. And we'll probably be there before 9. So if you want to come hang out, we'll be there. Is Brian Azzarello coming? He's DJing after me, actually. I would. I would what do you do? <laughs> he said that to Ron once. Walked right up to him. What do you do? <laughs> Who are you? And I had nothing. I had no response. And he walked away. Yeah. And then he turned to Joe Casey and goes, you, you're Joe Kelly, right? <laughs> oh. Uh, anyway, so that's all the scoop on New York Comic Con. It's going to be a blast. I can't wait to see you. It's always great to see uh, uh, even though none of us live in New York anymore. It's good to be in our hometown show. <laughs> <laughs> So, Look, uh, we, we're excited for it. It's not near Comic-Con. It's just going to another con that we're tired. It's yes. the end of the year. It's we're the last done con by of the year. Time. Yeah, yeah. Be good. So, Says um, you. I'm hoping not to get mugged. <laughs> so <laughs> New York Comic-Con, it'll be great to see you there. Also, though, before New York Comic-Con, comics do come out, and you definitely don't want to miss Shade Number 1, the first issue in the, um, in the Maxi series uh, written by James Robinson. And we talked to James Robinson on iFanboy Don't Miss, which you can get on Monday, tomorrow. You, you subscribe to Don't Miss in the iTunes or go to iFanboy.com to listen to it. And it's great to hear James Robinson say some very enlightening things about writing Shade and working in the DC Universe. So uh, this is definitely one not to be missed. Uh, so don't miss it. That's good. That's appropriate with the title and all. Uh, we also have the iFanboy Talksplode podcast, and there has been a spate of them lately. Um, and the last one that I did was posted. It was nearly two hours of conversation with myself and uh, Blair Butler, who you know from G4 TV and Attack of the Show, uh, and her, about her new comic, Heart, and Charles Soule, who's the writer of the, the 27 series from Image Comics. And we were talking about making comics and breaking in and, and writing and you know producing your own independent comics and, and all the stuff that goes into that and what it's like to work with a publisher like Image or, or some of the other smaller publishers and things like that. Uh, great conversation. Uh, we all had a really good time having it, and, and I think there's definitely a lot to learn if you're into that. You want to make comics, you just want to know more about what's behind the scenes. Uh, it's, it's a real good show. Very proud of it. So you, yeah, can, it was, you can pick that up on the website. It's a long listen, but it's worth every minute of it, honestly. Good job. Thank you. If, if you're a longtime listener of iFanboy, you know that every year we like to showcase the Halloween costumes you guys all wear out on Halloween. So go to iFanboy.com. There'll be a post in the buzzable bar about Halloween costumes. Send those in. I'll keep in mind this month. Take photographs and send them in. We're going to do a big roundup at the end of the month like we do every year with your Halloween costume. So go to iFanboy.com. Right in the buzzable bar next to the post about New York Comic Con, you can find the post about Halloween. Apparently, um, Josh is a big fan of the cosplay. So uh, yeah. who knew? So I'm jo- just so saying, he'll, let he'll him live. Be, he'll be dressing up this year. <laughs> I won't. I won't. 
All right, so you can find all the costumes, all the info about New York Comic Con, uh, the, the Tuxplode, Don't Miss, all that other great stuff at ifanboy.com, the wonderful website every day of the week that we slave over. Some great uh, writing from all the other staff at ifanboy.com. You can all find it there. Read to it. Subscribe to the RSS feed, however you like to get it. Enjoy it. We're here for you. You can also check out all of our links to our social networks and things like that at ifanboy.com slash about, and that's got everybody on the staff and all their Twitters and all that fun stuff. So connect with us. We want to we wanna hear from you. So last week we had an anthology show. I went to the Alternative Press Expo. I talked to some creators, including those cute Reed Gunther guys. Did you, they, they are they are like I just like I just want to hang out with them the whole day. Like they were so nice and they were just so energetic and young. And anyway, we were young. Sh- I yeah. looked at the shower shot. break, Ron, before you shot that. What happened? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I was struggling with a long hair situation. That's the problem. But um, so you decided to just. See what with Don Draper? Yeah, I got I got a cut. It's back to normal. Don't worry. I was trying something. I got it's a lot of pomade. I got a lot of comments by the way that That's weekend. Well, you get compliments when it's different. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you cut your hair. It's nice. Anyway, so um, in addition to my hair was Paul listening to some Spider-Man records and and Josh uh, talking about uh, sound effects and lettering. It was a good show. I th- I liked that show. I don't know. I thought it was I like good. that. I like that show. Yeah. Um, next week uh, we're talking about identity crisis, which gets the absolute treatment. So we revisit that that event book from Jesus, like nearly ten years ago. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good time. So if, get that on Wednesday if, on ifanboy.com. If I feel like it. <laughs> 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 you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com. You can leave a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. And we need you to call the voicemail line. We have to restock yes. our voice because – We're, we're voicemail depleted, said, yes. They, oh, said, oh you're, you're, just, you're just doing DC books. You don't need me anymore. We do. Call up. Leave your name. Don't talk for too long. Give us a question, something interesting. It's on you, man. And thank you. And finally, if you like this show or the video show or the Don't Miss show or just write a review. Tell us what you think about us or Brian Azzarello. We'll take either one in the iTunes reviews. It helps people find the show. Yes. As people are, there are some people out there who have a hard time having a sense of humor. I just want to say that Wonder Woman was my favorite book of the relaunch. So I like Brian Azzarello. Don't get me wrong. I we we have talks since terrified then. of him. Yeah, he's, yeah, no, he is intimidating. Him, he's people in, are going yeah. to think that we're, being, we're making jokes. Right. Guy's very talented is what no, I'm saying. He's, he's one of the best writers around. He's a great guy, a little intimidating. Uh, very, he's um, uh, short on the patience maybe. Um, but <laughs> uh, hey, if you go back to C2E2 to, to our video show, I made him laugh. Best interview ever yep. of him. Yep. Thank of you. Him. We, yeah, might just was, re- we might just revisit that maybe later this like, week. Just, it was like 17 seconds. Yeah, it was <laughs> in and out. That's all it was. <laughs> I got to tell you, you aspiring podcasters, doing your interviews, talk about the interview with the subject beforehand. That helps. It does. Yeah. Don't be afraid to look stupid. Wait until you start it. Yeah. Pre-produce that shit. So, so that's some free advice for you. So until next week after we survive, I don't know how we're going to do next week's show, to be honest with you. <laughs> Um, writer show yeah we might uh, so until then I'm Ron I'm Connor I'm I need, Josh I need and a I'm break. sorry Brian 